Or, you know, again, I mean, that's why it, we didn't know. We could talk you about know? vaccinations. Would you like to talk about vaccinations, Greg? Oh. No, you saw my message about that after I almost pulled your show off the air. Whatever. You can say well, whatever. this is lovely. I'll pull it. Off. I we thought got... I was going to be the bad one while drinking tonight, but I no, already like no, this no. is no, so I no, no. I, I have been drinking. I, this. I, I just understand a subtweet when I see it in a message board. Yeah. Like if it was, I, I'm just saying, can we not talk about something? If it's on my show, talk to me directly. I can take direct feedback. Now no, it's not only your feedback. show. It is your show, but it's not only your show. So mm -hmm. see. yeah, not a topic. There you go. That made air. Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. I'd actually like to take this opportunity to wish Greg DeMarco Show the best in all his future endeavors. <laughs> It is a Tuesday night, Tuesday, August the 3rd to be exact. We are here recording another edition of the Babyface Heel podcast because there's two sides to every storyline. My name is Greg DeMarco. I am the heel. Patrick O'Dowd is the Babyface and Miranda Morales is stuck in the middle, forced to be the referee, the peacekeeper, the tweener, and free to choose sides as she wishes. Acknowledge me. This show is part of the Chairshot Radio Network, which you can hear at thechairshot.com. Follow along at Chairshot Media. We are streaming all over the place on iTunes, Spotify, iHeart, Google Podcasts, and so many more. So go ahead and like, subscribe, leave that five-star review. Be a friend. Tell a friend what you're listening to. So spread the love, spread the movement. That is the Chairshot Radio Network. All here at thechairshot.com. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. You can follow along on social media and, and get coddled or pissed off depending on what day it is and when you're checking our accounts, especially mine. Uh, I'm already receiving hate messages. I am at ChairShotGreg on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Patrick O'Dowd is at Wrestling Realist. That's W-R-E-S-T-L-N-G-R-E-A-L-I-S-T. There's no I in wrestling, but there is one in Realist. And he is the wrestling realist. That's why that's his handle. And of course, you can follow Miranda Morales. She's the queen of soft style. And as we established at some point in the last week, the punk pop princess. You can follow her at the hashtag Miranda hashtag spelled out on Instagram and Facebook, but not on Twitter because she's also the Twitterless heroine because I don't have enough nicknames to keep track of. So I make more. I do it to myself. I do just like most things in life. I do it to myself. How you guys doing? 
Uh, chill, bro. Chill. <laughs> Aren't you the one who always talks about how you have to be like direct and address somebody specifically and not do like open-ended questions to the entire group? Isn't that you? Yes. Like, I feel like I've gotten that feedback from you and yet you just opened the show with how are you guys doing today? I did. And look what this, happened. So, it worked. I was going to say, this is a very loaded episode already. I'm just going to sit here and sip. The reason why it works is because I know who I'm podcasting with and I know if I do that, somebody will jump in and talk. Like you got to know your crew and know that when you can yeah, that, do that. That, preg that, that pregnant pause there was totally just on the fly and somebody's just going to jump right in. I mean, he'll edit it in post, right? I mean, everything. Yeah, have you heard Greg DeMarco in post? Post-production. <laughs> there is no post-production on any of Greg DeMarco's Post-production. Honestly, post-production usually takes out the best parts. And, and so there's no reason to uh, to worry about any post-production. There's also the other half of the post-production argument. Anybody got time for that? Literally record this on Tuesday and then it goes up on Wednesday. And, and that just, shit just ain't happening. Take the fish. It's not happening. There's no post-production. If you don't want it to be... Now, I would say in the past two years, I have probably had to edit out a couple, like two or three things. There was one time Patrick was worried that something made air that didn't even make air, but I checked and I would have edited it off. That was the last thing that happened. There have been some, some oh, yeah, names... I asking about that. Some names that have been said on air that we've edited out, things like that. So I, I, will, I am more likely to edit out things for both of you than I am to even edit out something for myself. I have literally edited out references you guys have made and not edited out my own real name. So yeah, that's, that, well, that's yeah, my editing decision, I guess. Well, we're all best friends and that's what homies do, you know, snitches get stitches. So right. like, why would you, hello, <laughs> you know, you know what's up, like, you know. So that's why you help us out when we need it. Exactly. It seems very self-explanatory. This is my yard now. I keep playing sound bites for the guy who still works for WWE. I think he's the only one left if you read the internet. But Just him. No. Uh, Sinking ship. And his cousins. Him and yeah. Him and Charlotte Flair, really the only. Yes. It's a bunch there. of Samoans and Charlotte Flair, basically, is, is what. LOL, is, Charlotte really did left win. In WWE. Huh? LOL, Charlotte actually won. I'm just going to take a drink every time we say that because that's just, that's fairly funny i i, I could make fairly it to funny. where the hashtag miranda show is the most entertaining episode of podcasting you've ever heard and you won't remember a moment of it so we could do that oh that would be so much fun exactly exactly i'm Stay afraid tuned. i've got some bad news oh man so we are going to talk about what patrick alluded to before i started recording and we've got some people who are being released from WWE, who want to be released from WWE, who might not be with WWE very much longer. And yeah, we're just going to dig into that, dive in and, and have some fun with it. And then I, I've had multiple options for the three-minute warning. I can't even remember what they are right now. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll get to that when we get to that. But we will have some fun. We will get fiery. We will get feisty. We'll have nothing but a good time and, and should be good. So um, 
yeah, I got really, I'm just excited to talk about these topics. It was so obvious and so easy to plan what we were going to talk about today as it just kept flowing from person to person to person throughout the week. So very easy things for us to talk about. But before we do that, um, I think we've got to sell some stuff. Miranda, what do you think? Should we sell some things? Yes, we should sell all the things. And in order to do that, Greg, I'm going to need you to wind it up. I can can wind Uh, it up. uh. I can wind it up just like this. It's time! Yes, yes it is. It is indeed time for you to go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot to pick up your very own chair shot t-shirt today. And if you shop between August 4th and August 7th, you are able to get 20% off your order by using the promo code summertime. Summertime. No, not summer. Summertime. S-U-M-M-A-H. Summertime. That's how you get that not discount, everybody. Don't don't do that. Use the proper code S-U-M-M-E-R-T-I-M-E in order to get your 20% off at ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. There you can find multiple t-shirts all in support of the chairshot.com. That includes multiple always use your head t-shirts, the OG chair shot logo, uh, and then fun t-shirts such as uh you know the unofficial official t-shirt of patrick o'dowd hashtag save tag team wrestling the queen of soft style t-shirt and of course everybody hates greg so what are you waiting for now you get 20 percent off your order so that means that if you order in soft style you will still get a discount even though it's usually a few extra dollars 20% 20% off means you get 20% off of your order. That means money off. That means saving money. So that means you save money while you spend money. How does that work? Well, that's using the promo code SUMMERTIME at ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. So go ahead, get your t-shirt and support at the chair shot.com at ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. I don't know that it's ever happened like this before, and maybe I just haven't noticed, but... We hit the commercial break, like like literally this the, when I started playing the commercial break, at exactly ten minutes, like precisely hmm. ten minutes. Because we are goddamn professionals, Gregory. It's or, it's funny well, that that's what you noticed. I noticed that Miranda did the uh, Greg DeMarco wrestling realist spelling when she spelled summertime properly with S U M M E R T I M E. That's an actual technique. Well, I, I well didn't. Done. I didn't invent that. That's a technique that I learned in podcasting school. So that's. Yeah, well, that's you that's, went to podcasting just, school. Just, just, just. You have talk, a degree. Just, just passing down the wisdom, yeah. man. Just, just if you certificate know something. of participation. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Everybody it's get a trophy. Actually, yeah, ITT Tech uh, Night School of Podcasting. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's yeah. actually the, uh, the world famous Connecticut Institute um, of Broadcasting. I don't know if you know that. It's the Connecticut Institute of Broadcasting. I went nights when I was working at UConn. I didn't do that at all. I traveled yeah, to New York City say, and did um, stand-up comedy. I, 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 I know that's not really a thing. So <laughs> that I'll, is a place. That is a real thing. It, 
The kinetic is no, but, but that, you, that you did that. Oh yeah, no, was not no, a thing. Not. Yeah. I am your friend. I lived with you for part of the time. Damn, Greg just tried to lie. He never lived with me. No, he didn't try to lie. He knew I knew the truth. I no one would believe him, Miranda, that I went to the Connecticut School of Broadcasting. That no one would. I don't know some. He was too busy. He was too busy hosting open mics at a random bar. I was in in Connecticut. Mm -hmm. And even then, Patrick or Dad, Greg was the promoter. Because Greg had his own comedy sure. show that he put on. Wow. So Greg, did. I don't know if anybody knows this, but I went, like, Greg's twice. a promoter. He is a promoter. I heard that rumor. I Somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shows yeah, coming yeah. Up yeah. Might have an event coming he up does. on August 28th. Yes. At IZW Wrestling AZ. Check it out. But let's by, talk about. By the way, kudos to you for not ripping off SummerSlam themes oh, in your God. promotional work. You, you know, my one of my pet peeves is I hate that shit. I really do. Like, it's just so annoying when people do that. And Yeah. Yeah. Pet peeve. Pet peeve number like 72. I don't even, I got too many pet peeves. I really do. Everybody's crossing you lately do. too. Yeah. Especially at work. All, all the pet peeves at work lately. All of them. When you hit the busy time of the year, like you are as well, and we're in our busiest month of the year in, in August, every pet peeve just, hey, here's another one. Here's another one. It's, like, it's, yeah. it's as if when you get hired, they ask you to list them all and then distribute them so that at the worst time of the year, everybody can do them. That's that's usually what I mean, and yeah. as and as the soundbite says, ain't nobody got time for that. No, ain't Not nobody, ever. ain't nobody. Nobody. They need to look at my list of pet peeves and choose not to do them. That's what they need to do. Why? Acknowledge me. That's why, because that's my new favorite soundbite. Acknowledge me. Right there. Thank you, Roman Reigns. This is my yard now. But Roman Reigns is still with the company, and we're going to talk about people that aren't with the company. So over the past week, news has, has surfaced, some, some confirmed, some mostly unconfirmed, uh, some releases. We had Bray Wyatt getting released from WWE. That is confirmed, reported by the company themselves. Then it was reported that Ric Flair has requested and received his release from WWE. Then it was reported that Adam Cole's contract actually expired after the Great American Bash, but was extended through the next takeover just so he could finish up what he's doing. And his contract is going to expire, and and he may be leaving as well. We're going to talk about all three of those, and we'll talk about them in a little bit of detail. We'll see where that goes. But we want to start off with Bray Wyatt, because everybody and their mother has an opinion on Bray Wyatt being released, from talent being wasted to him actually peaking and doing all he could do with the company to him requesting it for mental health. to the company saying it was budget cuts and he was going to come back in August. I mean, everything is all over the place. Just proving that we really don't know a damn thing when it comes to stuff like this. Patrick O'Dowd, Bray Wyatt is gone from the company. What say you? I was stunned because it was just out of all the releases that have that have come through in the last year or so. This is the first time where I was legitimately like, whoa, that's kind of a big deal. And and because, like, I don't buy the, you were talking about people saying his talent was wasted. Because his, I don't think his talent was wasted by any stretch of the imagination. He was such a prominent part of WWE programming uh, from his introduction through the various iterations of his character. Now, was he the main event? Every time, no, but I mean, there were Raws were. Think, I mean, you think about how many segments, upwards of three, four segments of Raw would be dedicated to some sort of vignette involving Bray Wyatt. The only problem that I ever had is that 
for the longest time I said crazy don't care. I felt he sh I felt he should have won a couple of matches here and there, but to argue that like he was somehow wasted or underutilized and wasn't prominently featured in the company against some of the top guys in the company, be that John Cena, Randy Orton, you name it, he did it. That that's just a lot of hogwash. And so I I'm with you is all this speculation, all this talk is that's all it is, is it's speculation and talk. And I'm sure that when, when we actually do truly know a little bit more, and, and I think it's important to point out Bray has made no statement that I'm aware of, right? Like nothing's come from him. Yeah, nothing. That it, it could be a lot of things. And, and that's kind of the, the answer I get when people are like, why do you think he's gone? Is it this? Could be. I don't know that it is. It could be. Um, but I wouldn't be comfortable putting anything out there in print saying that I was just, like I said, I was just surprised that it happened because of the role he's played in the past. Also people get off the fucking Alexa bliss thing. Like, no, this isn't some, like we stole his gimmick and gave it to Alexa bliss and then fired him. Fuck that. That's stupid. And that's just a bitter, angry person who doesn't like the WWE making them the worst company ever again. That's what I got. The Alexa Bliss thing is, you're 100% right. Like, like, she has nothing to do with this. I know she's been receiving hatred from people, which is just dumb. Even if they did that, right? Even if they stole his gimmick and gave it to her. And in some ways they did, to be honest with you. Um, that ain't her fault. She didn't do that. Yeah. She didn't deserve any hatred for that whatsoever. She didn't decide, hey, I'm going to take over the funhouse and I'm going to do this. And I'm gonna, it's not an Alexa Bliss decision whatsoever. Not even her job. To, to make that decision. So when people say that, I just think that's, that's garbage and an excuse. And well, sadly, typical wrestling fan behavior, Miranda, I know how much you love the Bray Wyatt character, specifically the fiend version of the Bray Wyatt character. Um, he gone now. He's gone now. He gone. Yes. You know, I, so there's lots of elements to this one i agree with patrick as far as the surprise one of the kind of simplest elements of the surprise is just the announcement happened on a saturday which we are not typically used to so just even that threw people off uh off kilter for me i legitimately when i first read it thought it was fake news with a z i thought someone photoshopped this this is not true there was a little bit of sense of denial in there because of the fact that i really did not think the company would let go of, of Bray Wyatt, even though we haven't seen him on TV. We have seen very much in the past that you, they would have someone still on the roster for quite some time away from television and then bring them back. Um, and we still really didn't even know the circumstances as to why he wasn't on television either. So that too led to me thinking, you know, without any plausible reason, how is this real? But when it did come out, as you know, factual, uh, I was really, really surprised. Uh, I mean, as one of the more successful characters that they developed in recent history, you know, there, there always felt like he could come back at any time or there could be a reinvention. He could easily be put on either brand. He could be put in front of anyone for a feud. And just really the longevity that he's had, and not only is Bray Wyatt the fiend, but, you know, Bray Wyatt and the Wyatt family and, and all, you know, his previous work. So, um, you know, hearing about it possibly being a budget cut 
in some ways didn't surprise me. I just feel like now with the leadership within the WWE, that seems to be a lot more uh, of a factor that comes into play and that there is current leadership that's more open to do that. If they don't see someone coming back um, in, in a short amount of time or in a certain time frame, you got to look at the ROI. What is the return on investment in this person? Are they producing what we need in order to keep them on staff, which is a fairly normal business decision in the corporate world but again with with wrestling being such a unique form of entertainment and the performers that we see on television that we have such these connections with and it also being tied within a deeper history and tradition of wrestling it makes you know it's so much more complicated so I was in denial, then I was a little confused, and now I'm much more into the acceptance realm right now. And I'm accepting that this is this has happened, that we won't see him, and a little curious as to maybe what will what would be next, what will be next. It's interesting. It, it, it felt like, even though this, this isn't even applicable, you know how sometimes somebody will find an article where WWE released somebody like 10 years ago? And they'll post it and make people think that release happened today. People used to do it with Daniel Bryan all the time. Back when he got fired in like 2010, 2011, people would post it and you'd be like, oh my God, Daniel Bryan just got released. And then you click on it and realize, oh, that thing's eight years old. And, and everybody would, would, would be up in arms over it. Even though that wasn't possible because he's never been released before. That's what it felt like when I saw it. It's that same, oh, this can't be real feeling that you have when you see something like that. Um, a few interesting points that I want to bring up based on things you guys have said. Number one is the budget cut option. Um, and, and actually, these, this combines with the third point I was going to make, so I'm going to say them together. There's a phrase in sports, especially the NFL, that, that says your best ability is availability. And sadly, in a time where Nick Khan is, is running around, the only Khan that, that really matters in pro wrestling, and that's actually not true, oh. is running around cutting whoever because he doesn't even know the wrestling product so he doesn't care and so he's just cutting whatever needs to be cut to, to impact the bottom line because they're probably going to sell this damn thing someday um he, he can look at someone who's simply not there and realize well obviously he ain't here so we don't need him so i'm going to go ahead and cut him and and that's what what i think is a big part of this you have to remember regardless of the reasoning which sucks sometimes, the reasoning, right? He asked to go away after WrestleMania, if you believe the reports. He was supposed to win at WrestleMania. Like that weekend, he's like, hey, I want to take some time off. They had to change the booking of the opening match of WrestleMania Sunday. That's why Orton won. That's why the match took place so fast. All that stuff. And though the match itself wasn't really all that fast, if you consider everything they did in the lead-up to it, like it was a presentation, not just a wrestling match. But then he went away. And, and then they started cutting everybody. And, it, and it's, it's like, you know, they realize probably, okay, we can do this without Bray Wyatt. And, and so they did. And it sucks because I love him as a performer. He's a brilliant performer. And that's going to bring me to my second point here in a second. And, and he's way better in the ring than anybody gives him credit for. And now we're sitting here and he's no longer with the company. And who knows what he's going to do next? I mean, he, he's fairly happy you know, where, where he's at in life and all that. What we didn't know, I guess, was just got revealed in the past couple of days is that uh, his wife, fiance, I don't know where they're at. JoJo got released earlier in the year and didn't know, even know about it. So here you go. Um, so now the whole family's gone. But the interesting thing for me, when I said he's a brilliant performer, I oftentimes have to wonder, 
when I think about WWE is he may be too brilliant of a performer in the sense that what he does and the things he's, you go back and watch some of his promos, just absolute brilliance. You look at the Firefly Funhouse match, absolute pure brilliance. No one did more, um, more cinematic matches than Bray Wyatt did. And some people said, I think Patrick, you might've even said he should never wrestle a regular match again and, and just focus on the cinematic because of how damn good he was at it. Well, I think WWE's taking that hard line. Now they're back in arenas. We're probably not going to see those anymore because they want to present everything for the fans and what he's best at. They're not really going to do anymore, but going back to the point, maybe he's too brilliant. WWE likes to paint things pretty much black and white in their storytelling and what they do. WWE likes to paint their product to the, 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 the most simple minded of person who can understand and get what they're watching. And a lot of the storytelling that Bray Wyatt did and Bray Wyatt was involved in doesn't really fit what WWE does. And I think that's why a lot of people liked it so much. A lot of the, the hardcore fan base because it was so different and because it was so, you know, just, just so deep sometimes it made you think, and, and maybe there was even some frustration because he's supposed to be a heel, but you had to turn him because he just got so over. And, and I don't know. Sometimes you can be too good at your job. And as crazy as that sounds, I wonder if maybe he was just too damn good at his job. The things he was pitching were, were too complex. And the things that he were doing, was doing were too complex. So I don't know. If you look at what they tend to do, you know, in a lot of ways to the larger scale WWE audience, I'm talking about... The, the global audience worldwide, the, the, the millions of fans that tune in that don't follow on the internet or anything else, Matt Riddle riding around on a scooter might be more valuable to WWE than Bray Wyatt's super complex and deep storylines. Patrick, what do you think? I, I just, since we saw what you I, 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 hate, I, hate, I hate Matt Riddle. I think he's a big wank and would hate right, But Matt Riddle's an example in this thing. Right. No one cares what you no, think no, about Matt No, Riddle. I know. I'm just... I know you called on me because I made the gesture. That's that's what I'm saying. Um, yeah, it, you know, when you talk about too good, maybe ahead of his time, uh, I think I think of other kind of wrestlers out there who had what we would have considered like on the edge, kind of cutting edge, amazing gimmicks. Like Waylon Mercy comes to mind. Like a lot of people saw that as a gimmick that was probably about 10 years too early. Um uh, and, and I actually even make it comparable to Matt Hardy. Like, you know, Matt Hardy did all that stuff in TNA with, uh, with the compound. And they didn't, when he came, when he came back with Jeff, they didn't, they didn't touch that really. Like they didn't touch the deletion stuff almost and, until they almost felt like they had to. And, and even then it just wasn't the same thing. Right. Like it just wasn't, it, it wasn't the same deal. And it's, so I, I see your point there. I see I see a lot of that. Like the WWE, it it goes back to why Friends is a terrible show, but but it got picked up so often. Friends is a terrible show, but it spoke to a massive audience. It had a massive appeal. It brings in a ton. It brought in a ton of viewers, and it was bankable. And so that product is palatable, and will keep you on the air for ever. Well, Friends and, and was only a terrible show if you wanted deep, thoughtful programming. If you wanted to sit there and veg out, yeah. Friends yeah. is not. So saying Friends is a terrible show is is a little bit unfair to the millions of no, people that love Friends. Show. They're terrible people. Go, go. It's, they're terrible people. That's why people loved it. 
No, I, yeah. I never understood it. Then again, I didn't like Seinfeld either. So I, I don't, I don't get it. I, I sitcoms. They were terrible. Yeah. They were terrible people as well, but just different, right. terrible people. Yes. So yeah. that's, that's, but uh, Greg, I think you made but the, the point, point was palatable. Yeah. yeah. That's what I was getting to is it's palatable to a mass mm -hmm. audience. Uh, and I was just going to add that I think you make a, a valid point about now this shift in uh, with live audiences, that the product is looking different overall because you're not, you just don't have the Thunderdome anymore. You don't have no audience shows. You have live audiences. So the emphasis is back in what is happening in the middle of the ring. Whereas a lot of the success that we saw with primarily the Fiend character was things he was doing outside of the ring, in vignettes, in... Um, um uh you know in 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 the uh oh gosh i was trying to think of the type of magics like the thematic uh matches you know and, and what he was doing like that was where he grew and where yeah, we saw the, the best level of success the cinematic matches and now with the shift going back to live audiences i mean we've also seen that when they try to translate bray wyatt into a live audience it never quite clicked uh, because of the challenges where you can't do the same camera angles and, and editing that you that I think he, he needs in order to have that particular character be successful. I do think that, though, Bray Wyatt was incredible at reinvention. So to say that the Fiend character wouldn't have worked is one thing, but to say Bray Wyatt wouldn't have worked in front of a live audience, I do think does not make sense. I think another version of Bray Wyatt could have been developed to feed a, li a live audience because as we all know too, some of the best pictures and moments they have are say like when the Wyatt family came out and everyone's cell phones were lit up, you know, and everyone's singing, he has the whole world in his hands. So to say Bray Wyatt does not translate to a live audience, that's a lie because we know he can. Um, but I do think that WWE is going into a different direction overall now where I feel like less is more. Yeah. I also asked, do you think of you as too expensive? Um, like in terms of like the gimmickry and stuff? Yeah. Because maybe. I think they're going I, I away mean, from I, a lot I of the gimmickry. Like, I think they're getting away from all that stuff now that everybody's back. Right. I think they're getting more to the, to the realistic presentation. If you look at like, there's really no supernatural in the company right now, except no, no for Alexa and, and Alexa, you know, she tried to move the briefcase with her hand, but it never really moved. So I, I do, you almost have to wonder if the end game of, of everything Alexa bliss is doing right now is the fact that it was all smoke and mirrors and she's just the same old Alexa bliss behind it all like that wouldn't surprise me if they did that here in the next year, just, just to get out of it. Cause otherwise, how, how do you get out of it? Um, it's just very, very interesting where they're at right now and, and, and where, where Bray Wyatt is. And also, more so this year than any other year, they're releasing people at the top of the card. And, and if you think about it, okay, and, and they're, they're very salient because they just showed up on AEW Dark for some crazy-ass reason, but when, when the company released Ever-Rise, they probably saved maybe 200 grand, right? Maybe, since they were still based in Tampa and weren't traveling. They release Braun Strowman, they save $1.5 million. You release Bray Wyatt, probably saving that same about $1.5 million. You just save $3 million by releasing two people. You'd have to release 10 from, from NXT, 20 maybe, to save that much money. And, and, and so you kind of get more bang for your release buck, if that's a real thing, in, in releasing a Bray Wyatt. 
but they would never release, say, a Randy Orton, who's making $2 million a year. But Randy can paint in black and white. And, and Randy can do anything they need him to do at any time. I also right. think with Bray, they realized it's just harder to tell stories with them for, for what they do and, and where they are, which is sad. Bray Wyatt, in a lot of ways, and The Fiend especially, was a Matanza Cueto from Lucha Underground, who was, was this supernatural force that, that could rip somebody's heart out if you really wanted to. And that just doesn't always work in WWE. And I think they could have told better stories with him long term. I just think they didn't want to. It, it's, it's like they weighed the pros and cons well, and said, we'd rather save the money. Right, and I think that goes all the way back to Miranda's original point in the return on your investment. Like, what what are you really getting out of it if it's if it's just not even the direction your company is going? And so, yeah, I just um, and to say that they weren't enthusiastic about it is, you know, and that they like like we've talked about like they really even before the pandemic. They've always been very excited about, they were always very excited and high on Bray Wyatt. Like I can remember Bruce Pritchard on his show talking very, he never talks about current stuff on his podcast. And he took a moment to just be like, just wait back when the fiend stuff was just getting started when he was doing the, the fun house stuff and he, to his podcast audience, is like, just wait. It's going to be, it, this is going to be amazing. So at the end of the day, you like, it's like you said, Greg, maybe they were done with the effort and done with really what they want to do in the first place. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And, and, and if he shows up in AEW, which I would be shocked if he didn't, to be honest with you, um, right. given what they do and, and where they go. Uh, well, you know, they're willing to sacrifice and, and, and do cinematic stuff, even with a live audience. And, and we'll see, we'll see how it goes. And hopefully he writes a book or, or does a tell all interview. Cause I'd love to hear some of the other ideas he had and the further places he wanted to take things. So next up on our little release train here is one nature boy, Rick Flair. Now, Rick Flair's situation is a little bit different. It's reported that he asked for his release, didn't like storyline specifically, the, where he was going with Lacey Evans, but even reportedly some more of the some of the more recent storylines, I don't know who who knows, and and asked to be released. In my opinion, he probably asked to be released because he wants to go to AEW, hang out with with everybody there, and and the easiest way to do that is to ask for his release, and he knew WWE would grant it for him. Flair's probably making like seven hundred fifty grand a year, just to do nothing anyway. It's probably an easy release for the company to make. Here's the point I wanted to make as we get into the Ric Flair conversation, I wanted to bring up the fact and yell and scream and say, Ric Flair better never step into a wrestling ring to wrestle a match again. But here's the problem. At this point, I absolutely guarantee you it's going to happen. Ric Flair is going to wrestle a tag team match in AEW with somebody against Sting and Darby Allen. It will happen. Oh God! I would bet... A shiny nickel. I would bet a whole green dollar on the fact that Ric Flair will wrestle a match for AEW between now and double or nothing in 2022. Bet on it. Crap. 
Bet on it, Miranda. I mean, Bet on I'm it. I'm not. Oh, I don't want to believe it. Like, look, I think it's because we truly live in a time where outrageous things have happened. And I do think the Sting example is one of the better ones of someone who we never thought was going to get into a wrestling ring, get into one first in a cinematic match, then in tag team action. And, and you know, he's been, you know, here and there. But I do think it only helps your case in the fact that we will see him tag match, multi-man match, something in a ring, even if it's, you know, a, a, a very one-off, very limited time. I hope not. I really, really hope not. Let's just let it be. And I, I would think maybe that's where he's at. Because think about it, too, you know. He had that that amazing retirement match against Shawn Michaels left the WWE, went to Impact. That was, you know, slash TNA, some shit. And, you know, they do it for the money, but at the end of the day, too, they reflect and see, is that worth my time? Is that worth, you know, part of, uh, to my career? And I I just, and I don't know if it's the, the, the WWE that also places so much emphasis on that retirement match, but it also sometimes feels like, especially those who jumped to impact after they left WWE kind of regret outside of the money going back into the ring, because really then that becomes the last time they're in a wrestling ring. And how valuable is that really to their legacy? I don't know. That's just more of an idealistic way of looking at it because I don't want to see him in a ring. He doesn't need to be in a ring in a physical match ever, ever again. And I hope even if AEW brought him on, they do what they normally do with everybody and bring him on as a manager, which I think would be great because the man can still talk. He still talks the talk and walk the walk. And that would be a beautiful example. So to me, I feel like they're going to do with him like they do with everybody else and just make him a manager, lead a group. I don't even, I don't even know, you know, the pinnacle, you know, essentially is like the modern four horsemen. So why not actually have a four horsemen as part of it? Uh, I hate Ric Flair as a manager. Um, I don't think he's very good at it. I think that case in point, you look at the AJ Styles, Ric Flair as your manager, Ron, that was horrible. It was just horrible. And, and part of that was AJ not comfortable doing mm -hmm. the, the Ric Flair shtick. So I will, we, you know, we can acknowledge that, but Ric Flair was not very good and not helpful at all. And at the end of the day, I don't think that's what Rick wants to do. And, and there are, there are certain wrestlers like let's talk. Let's but you look at some of these older guys that keep coming back. Like you can't keep Terry Funk out of a fucking ring. Like you can't do it. Like he, he retires, he goes back. He retires, and it it, it is like you know it is like a drug and a compulsion. If Arn Anderson could still go, like if he wasn't injured, he'd he'd be in there. Tully Blanchard just worked a match. What? How how long ago was it? Like. I, that's part of the reason why I think he's going to be in a ring is because he wants to be back in a ring. Like I, I firmly believe that's why sting can't quit. Um, and, and so I, I don't know. Like, here's the thing is I don't even, I don't even know where Rick fits. Like, I'm sure they'll find a it place. It doesn't matter. Fit and, <laughs> yeah. In AEW, they and, don't care where anybody fits. But I'm like not excited to see him anymore. And no. I think TNA really did that. You know, you were talking like TNA. It was sad. Yeah. Like it was like you were trying, you were using different adjectives. To me, it was just sad to see because it was just not how you wanted to remember. I think people wanted to remember 
I'm sorry, I love you. That and have that be the that, end. Like that's what people wanted. That, that's not, but that's not what Rick wanted. And Rick would he, like if you listen to interviews, he even talks about that. Yeah. He wanted to get back in. He, I mean, so fast. And he he asked Shawn Michaels if it was okay, and of course Shawn wasn't going to tell him no. So like it's it's funny to me because I think that he he's going to be back in there. We're going to see him back in there, but because he wants to, and because that is his life. It's all he knows. It really is all he knows, and that, and apparently, what is it, car insurance commercials or something now? Car Shield, yeah, yes, Car, car Shield. shield. Car so, shield. so he's got that going for him. But yeah, you know, I just, that's here's the crazier thing. If WWE, at some point in the next two years, says, "Hey, hey, John Cena, we're going to give you title run number seventeen, just so you can own that record yourself." I think AEW would put their fucking world title on Ric Flair just so he could tie it. Cody yeah. Rhodes would do that. Cody would convince yeah, Tony but, Khan to do that. But it, but it's not about competing with the WWE, Craig. Like, oh, that's absolutely <laughs> right. they don't. They don't Didn't even. You say hear that. Chris Jericho on their podcast? Like uh, they don't I, even watch. That, that, what that, happens? You know, you're right. It's not. It's about preserving the legacy of the world's most decorated. Yes, because his legacy is somehow tarnished. That's this is the other thing is this weird thinking about like I, I get that there's that records and numbers. Ric Flair's legacy isn't tarnished if he's not the one who held the world title and lost it more than anybody else. Like nobody nobody cares. We loved the character. Mm-hmm. We yeah. love we loved like yeah. from from Eighties horseman Ric Flair to crazy old man elbow dropping his suit Ric Flair, right up one. until he retired, yeah. and, and quote unquote retired, and and then I wanted him to stay gone, and that's where it hurt him. Mm-hmm. Not not title runs, not not the number of belts you hold. Like nobody cares. Yeah, like they loved that guy. Well, and I think Rick would care less about that than a Cody right. Rhodes would. Like, I think yeah, Cody right. would push or something like that more than Ric Flair would. Rick might not even want to do it, but they'll pay him and he'll do it because Rick's horrible with his money. And and they would be able to convince him to do it. I mean, to, to be that. fair, he has multiple ex-wives, you know? I mean... It, I, thought his current, I thought his current wives kind of balanced him out. Isn't that, isn't that the, the narrative? Yeah, but saying that Ric Flair is balanced out is... is, is I don't even know a good comparison, but it, it's... Yeah, yeah, there isn't. Yeah, or a good word a... that describes... No. Unbalanced yeah. balance. He's no longer jet stealing, but he's still wheeling and dealing. Maybe he might be jet stealing, but not wheeling and dealing at this point. I don't know. But one or the other, though. All yeah. I know yes, is yes. he's going to AEW, and and he right. will be there, and that motherfucker's gonna wrestle, uh, and and we're gonna complain about it on a podcast because that's why people listen. So- This is your boy, Kenny Killer, telling you to make sure you check out thechairshot.com. Bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, thechairshot.com. And the last person in our trifecta of departures or potential departures from WWE is none other than the greatest wrestler walking God's green earth, Adam Cole, baby. Now, Adam Cole's contract is reported to be up. It's reported that it expired at Great American Bash, 
but that he signed to stay on through the SummerSlam takeover to wrap up the storyline with Kyle O'Reilly. And that now today I saw a report that they're very frustrated because he turned down multiple offers they've made him already. Last time these reports came out, a week later, Adam Cole was like, I got two years left on my deal. I don't know what you guys are talking about. So, and that was less than two years ago. So I don't know. I'd be shocked. If, I wouldn't be shocked if everybody was wrong about this again. This isn't the first time we've had this Adam Cole talk on the internet, but last time he squashed it pretty quickly, and that hasn't happened yet. It's only been a couple of days. I'm very, 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 very torn on the Adam Cole topic. And you guys know, it's no secret who my favorite wrestler is. No secret whatsoever. It's Adam Cole. Everybody knows this, right? It's, it's Adam Cole, then it's Jinder Mahal, then it's Roman Reigns, then it's everybody else, right? That, that's just how this thing works. But seriously, Adam Cole's my favorite wrestler, and it, it, there's just so many variables to what he could do. I've been long full afraid, long fearful, of him going to the main roster. I've said it on this program. I've said it in articles. I've said it on other podcasts because of his size and, and because his, he's not an underdog. His character's not an underdog. And yet I feel like they'd have to put him in that underdog role on television. It'd be, it'd be interesting. At the same point, how long do you want to stay in NXT? I don't know. What does he want to do? Does he want to go to Raw? Does he want to go to SmackDown? And is that why he's, he's not sticking around? On the flip side, all his friends are in AEW. Right? He's good friends with the Young Bucks. Why anybody wants to be good friends with the Young Bucks, I don't know. Okay? Even the great Adam Cole can represent poor judgment in certain aspects of his life. His longtime girlfriend is the AEW Women's Champion. And, and so he goes backstage because he's there visiting with her and he visits with friends. She also went backstage for WWE events and still does. So, but no one ever talks about that because AEW is perfect. I just don't know what to think and what's going to happen. And I honestly think that when you've been doing this as long as we have, and you get involved in it on other sides, like like we all have in different ways. Sometimes when, when you like somebody so much and, and one of the few people that forces you to still be a fan, I don't even know if I can have an opinion on what Adam Cole should do or what I want to see. I really don't know. Patrick, what do you think? Um. Well, if his contract is really up, and he hasn't signed. Well, it's like, like I guess for this conversation, let's act on the assumption that that rumor is true. Um, yeah, I, I, I really do see it being one of two directions. He's either has to go up on the main roster, because frankly, what is there left for him to do in NXT? Like, like I just don't know that there's much left for him to do. And, and out of the talent that we've talked about, um, as far as like an on-screen in-ring talent week in and week out he's probably a he, he probably is a pretty darn good fit for AEW working with a, a lot of people that he's familiar with from prior to his time working from the for the WWE and, and yeah and his familiarity and his, his continued positive relationship I think of the three you've talked about he might be the fastest to to be signed and announced just because of those connections give you know 90 day no compete clause notwithstanding whether or not that's still a thing who knows um so yeah i guess i don't i don't necessarily like i don't know how you feel about aew and him going over there greg personally like I, you know i 
I know that not all of it is is palatable to me. It's not my cup of tea. I don't care for it. So I would be sad to say that I would see zero Adam Cole unless Greg was like, you absolutely have to watch this match because we're going to talk about it on on the show uh, or something like that. But I, it makes a lot of sense for him personally. Maybe not professionally, but definitely personally. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to deny that personal connection. And I don't know if this is a factor that may come up, but it's almost to the lesser of two evils. You know, as you mentioned, Greg, you know, if he he could stay in NXT, but really can he truly stay in NXT forever or eventually uh, is, you know, a call up to Raw or SmackDown in the works. And when that happens, that doesn't tend statistically doesn't tend to go very successful. Um, and do, does he do that? And I don't know, struggle is the, the word, but just kind of go through the motions of what Adam Cole is on that Raw or SmackDown roster. And, you know, to be honest, it's not going to go far you know, because of his size, because of the, you know, the way that NXT talent has been utilized. Do you then take the chance of then jumping to AEW where, where I think really you get short-term success, but not long-term. You are the flash in the pan for that week, that month, that moment. And then something else comes up, a shinier, prettier toy comes in and they divert that attention away. That happened with Brian Cage, that happened with Christian Cage, that happened with Matt Hardy, that happened with everyone who, you know, has come on board. You're hot for a moment or two and then your time is up and you still are able to wrestle great matches. You're still able to be a little bit more of who you would like to be more than what the company would like you to be, which is, you know, different than the WWE, but that isn't longevity either. So I think at the end of the day, it goes back to what does Adam Cole want for his long-term career? You know, WWE, I think is, is fairly more stable and more consistent, uh, but he's not going to go very far on those, those rosters. Whereas for AEW, he could, he absolutely could, but it won't be for long. And then he will get reverted back to some kind of random positioning. I don't foresee him ever being an AEW world champion, you know, but he's never going to be a WWE champion either. So at that point, what do you settle for? A pizza cutter to the face. No. <laughs> Come on. That, you're talking about Greg's man crush. Wendy, so no conversations about a pizza cutter. How anyway. dare you say that about the, the dreamy Adam Cole? Damn right. Um, the whole, the AEW topic is, is very, you guys both brought it up very well. It's, it's interesting because he would be flavor of the month in AEW and then what would happen. But I want to go back to the what's left for him to do. And I still think there's a couple things left for him to do in, in NXT. And... When they brought back Samoa Joe, that's like the holy grail of NXT in some ways. Like Adam Cole and Samoa Joe. And Adam Cole has been public about the fact that he's never wrestled Samoa Joe. Just just the time the times that they were in different places, their paths never crossed where they've never even had a match, which is crazy to think that that of all the independent wrestling that's happened in the world, Adam Cole and Samoa Joe have never had a match. They've already had run-ins in NXT. Samoa Joe is less than a month away from becoming NXT champion when he beats Karrion Cross, so Karrion Cross can go be on the main roster where he should have been all along. 
and and the Samoa Joe's gonna have the NXT Championship because they don't really have anybody else to build up, and you can Samoa Joe's a great champion to have while you're building up other people. While you're building up other people, Samoa Joe and Adam Cole is a great program to have. They ran Cole versus Gargano three straight pay-per-view, three straight takeovers. And these takeovers aren't once a month, so they literally did it from April until, you know, after SummerSlam. You could do that with Adam Cole and Samoa Joe, and it would be entertaining, and it gives you time to build people up. So if I'm Adam Cole, I think a two-year deal in WWE is not a bad decision. Now, again, I'm biased, and I'm speaking from my point of bias, and I want to make sure everybody knows that. Because AEW is probably two years away from even having a good place for Adam Cole. And Adam Cole is young enough to where two years in WWE, he could still go to AEW. Because if they're still there, they'll probably still be there. Okay? It's fine. And now that, two years from now, a lot of AEW contracts are going to be coming up. Because a lot of those initial deals were for three years, and we're more than a year in now. So the landscape of AEW could be very different two years from now. And that could be a prime opportunity for Adam Cole to come in. And he could be an AEW world champion at that point. I think a comment like he probably wouldn't be AEW world champion is because we survey that current landscape and you're like, yeah, he wouldn't be because the current landscape is crazy, but they're eventually going to have things are going to flip and they're going to lose people to WWE. Like that will happen in AEW as crazy as, as, as that sounds to some people online. So to me, a two year deal and then going to AEW is a lot better for Adam Cole because you're looking at another 9 to 12 months in NXT, then give it a shot on the main roster. And if it doesn't work and your deal's up, then you go to AEW, cash your check there, do what you need to do, and, and you'll be fine. So those are my thoughts on Adam Cole and, and our thoughts on Adam Cole and, and heading on over to NXT or heading on over to AEW. So we very interested to see what happens there and, and if it's even true. Like, that's what we talked about before, is if it's even true. So, I don't know if you guys get the warning. Apparently, Google Meets now is limited on time. Holy shit, did not know that. So, full transparency for the... We got, if we get cut off, it's like a harken back to the old blog talk radio days, right? If we get cut off, it's because the blog talk radio lady cut us off. So, yeah. Well, I'd have to... I would do some editing just to put in the blog talk radio lady. Just just to go back to that conversation. <laughs> but uh, But I won't. So... Um, maybe, you know what, maybe as we continue to grow and evolve, may, maybe the three minute warning is now going to be a literal three minute warning. All right, gentlemen, you have three minutes and you better make it good. We got three minutes and we're out of here. The clock is ticking and we're in the clear. We got three minutes and we're out of here. We got three minutes and we're out of here. Maybe Google's doing us a favor. I'm just going to wrap things up then because the last thing I want is for us to get cut off. This is the Babyface Heel Podcast as part of the ChairShot Radio Network at thechairshot.com. Head on over there, support it. Support all the shows that we have here on thechairshot.com. Just on this show, we have Bandwagon Nerds. We have the Monday edition of ChairShot Radio. We have the Wednesday edition of ChairShot Radio. We have the Hashtag Miranda Show. We have this show and so much more. And somebody talk. I got to cough. Sure, you can follow me on Twitter. At Wrestling Realist, at W R E S T L N G R E A L I S T. I'm just gonna do that just for you, Greg. Listen to Bandwagon Nerds this week. We talk all about ScarJo versus Disney. That was the topic of the week in the Nerdosphere. You say all about ScarJo versus Disney. I'm an hour in and I haven't heard that topic yet, but I know it's coming. It's it's the it's the main topic though. It's like it, I'm it got its own segment. I should. I'm lying. I'm more than an hour in.
Uh, I'm just going to jump in and say you can find me, Miranda Morales, uh, on Instagram and Facebook at the hashtag Miranda, hashtag spelled out, not on Twitter. Uh, so don't try and find me there. Um, and listen to this week's hashtag Miranda show and anything else that I'm on this week, also including the Lucha Central Weekly podcast that also airs on uh, thechairshot.com. Heck yeah, because we, we got all the shows. You can follow me at Chairshot Greg. Of course, follow the website at Chairshot Media. Visit thechairshot.com for wrestling reviews, opinions, analysis, and so much more. It's sports, it's entertainment, and it's sports entertainment. All found for you, crafted with love at thechairshot.com. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. We got a fun edition of Chair Shot Radio coming up on Wednesday morning with myself and Miranda. She doesn't even know what we're going to talk about, but I do. And let me tell you, it will somewhat fit in with some of the things that we talked about today, but it'll be very, very different. Anytime a pro wrestler confirms something that I've been saying for years, Greg wants to talk about it. And that's what we're going to talk about. And 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 that pro wrestler is is just just his stock just jumped a million fold. In, in my eyes. And uh, so tune into that Wednesday morning for Chair Shot Radio, or go back and listen to it Wednesday morning, Chair Shot Radio. We record this shit out of order, and, and it throws people off, or throws me off sometimes. So appreciate you guys listening to that. Of course, hashtag Miranda Show on Thursday. Pod is War Thursday night, and, and so much more. The Thursday morning edition of Chair Shot Radio as well. Tune into everything here at the Chair Shot Radio Network and thechairshot.com. We appreciate you listening. We, support, we appreciate you listening. I appreciate, I, I put together appreciate and support because I feel like there's this mystery clock that I can't see that's going to cut us. Say, it's you time, got one it's minute. It's got one, one minute, minute, one minute. Did it give us a warning that minute. I didn't see? Did it give us a one minute warning? Yeah, if you keep the, if you keep the speech balloon up, it tells you. Yeah, one minute. Oh go, yeah, go, under go. a minute. This is great. Hey, chairshot.com. Go listen. We appreciate you guys. Take care. <laughs>